everybody. This is Mark Iskowitz, executive editor at MMNN, and I want to welcome you again to uh, our next installment of the special edition of the MMNN podcast, recorded live at the Health Conference in, in Vegas. And I'm very fortunate to welcome my special guest into the uh, studio here, Lisa Bookwalter, who's director of Twitter Client Solutions Health. Hey, Lisa. Lisa. Hi. Thanks for you? having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the the. Uh, Fishbowl, a.k.a. the <laughs> podcast studio here on premises uh, at the MGM Grand. Fantastic. I'll be your MC. <laughs> okay, um, so uh, just uh, you have a very interesting background. You, you came to Twitter uh, from Healthline, yep. uh, so you've been in the health media space a while. Talk yep. about that and, and kind of the differences between working for a publisher and working for a platform. Sure, sure. So I came on board at Twitter exactly seven weeks ago today, so I'm very new. Um, but I've been in digital health for about nine years. I started at Healthline. And um, what's been fascinating is to watch really the evolution of what the, particularly the pharma marketers are looking to do. And when I started in digital health, it was really all about, you've got to show patients how the medication works and then they'll be more likely to take it, which not the case. So uh, we went at Healthline from doing a lot of medical animations and very clinical content in a visually arresting way to transitioning to really talking to the whole person and using social as a way to really drive qualified audiences, but also to be able to talk to people about their condition as it relates to themselves as a person, not just as a patient. And so when Twitter called, I immediately was like, this is truly the opportunity of a lifetime because this is where it's at. And, and social is really what's enabling these conversations with patients, with each other, with healthcare providers, understanding what patients are talking about to each other, with pharma companies having the opportunity to really understand that whole person and what are the things that help them better navigate their journey. And um, just on a personal standpoint, I'm very passionate about health and how important it is to really everything that we do and the opportunity to really harness those conversations that are happening on Twitter for a greater purpose was just unbelievably exciting to me. Yeah. And when you talk about harnessing those conversations, we're talking about social media mining. We're just also being able to, to talk to marketers in the space about what people are talking about. And you know, one of the things that I am amazed by is you know, people are going through chemo together on Twitter. People are quitting smoking together on Twitter. And so when people and marketers are able to go on and see that dialogue, it really humanizes what we're all trying to do, right? Which is get people to better their lives. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was just talking about with uh, Kirsty Whalen, who's with the uh, agency Emory Health, and she was talking about how she was in a session with Lululemon, uh, and wow. they were talking about how healthcare really has to fit into the white spaces of people's lives. And totally. you can only do that if you're designing with the patient's life in mind, mm -hmm. right? And so I would imagine these kind of conversations, you know, kind of reflect what, what patients are going through and, and can, can really inform uh, people on the, on the marketing side. Yeah, in so many ways. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great, great. 
Okay, so um, I know you've only been on the job for seven weeks, yeah. but uh, I'm going to ask you about uh, you know some of your opinions here. Great. Uh, obviously, we know that misinformation is a big problem. Yes. Social media is fear, uh, and the spread of fake news as well, mm-hmm. and that can have uh, significant ramifications when, ta- when we talk about healthcare, right? So, oh, of course, yeah. What, what is Twitter doing as a, as a platform to cut down on that? Right. So it's funny. We at Twitter we talk about health all the time, and by health we're talking about the health of the platform. So low spam, low misinformation, those things. And before I came to Twitter, I kept seeing everywhere, Twitter investing in health, Twitter investing in health. And I was like, oh my God, they're investing in my sector. Turns out, no, that's not what they meant. They really are very focused on making sure these conversations are safe. So I'll give you a couple examples. I think one of the biggest changes that's showing um, the most impact is that we're really investing in a huge way in machine learning. So it used to be that in order for tweets to be taken down, other people on Twitter had to report the tweet. Now, about 50% of the tweets that are taken down are taken down by machine learning. So we're taking the burden really off the users, uh, and I expect that to grow. I think from a health perspective, um, there's some great examples of things we're doing. So one of the things we're doing is in the vaccine space. We are anybody that we've deployed a tool where anybody that searches for things related to vaccines is then redirected to um, gov, uh, vaccines.gov, which is we worked with the U.S. Health and Human um, so, yeah, Administration, and we said, how can we handle this? And this was what they gave us. Mm-hmm. And you also have to look, I mean, the CDC was the first verified Twitter account, which is crazy. No kidding. So as the, we're the number one platform for HCPs, and so we're working with HCPs, we're working with the CDC, we're working with um, every academic institution, we're working with Doctors Without Borders, all of these health think tank type organizations are using us to dispense up to the minute accurate information. So making sure that misinformation is not sent around, I think is of tantamount importance. And then we're also deploying the our human capital in this way. And, and an interesting way we're doing it is we found uh, Johns Hopkins and Harvard did a big study and they found that two and a half million people who are in active recovery are using online technologies to really manage their care and get information. So Twitter really realized you know, this is a, this is a big number and this is really important. So we proactively went out and worked with some key academic institutions, some key HCPs, people that really specialize in this space, and set up a hashtag, you know, Recovery Month, and we do a big thing in September, and it's all about helping people manage the recovery. So we're doing things in a number of ways. I think machine learning is big and probably having the widest spread impact, but you also have to make sure that you're bringing forward the human capital, and that's something that we're doing in new ways every day. Sure. So the machine learning to take the burden off users. Absolutely. Uh, as well as the sort of a bias, if you will, for authoritative totally. content. Yep. And then some of your own initiatives. Yeah. Uh, that's a great answer. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so um, I wanted to talk about um, also the evolution of social platforms as well and kind of how, uh, like we saw with, with Facebook uh, making their announcement today about using the platform as a uh, health prevention yep. tool. What, what's yep. your take on that in terms of uh, should um, social media platforms be in right. the business of population health and uh, right. you know, where, where, should the, where should we go there? You know, that's a very interesting question and I think it has a lot of implications that some I can speak of, some of I can't. I think Facebook launching that, I think in this space we're not competitors. I think all boats rise with people being able look to drive better adherence and that's something that I think the healthcare providers have been struggling with 
for generations. So if this is going to make it better, I think that's awesome. I think social media has a really, and particularly Twitter, a really important place in population health because this is where people are going for conversations. I think social in general, this is where people are putting it out there. This is where people are being real and authentic and talking about their condition in ways that are personal to them in the moment. And I think that really has the ability to drive better health outcomes. So if a pharmaceutical company can understand what people with metastatic breast cancer are going through on a day-to-day -day basis, and if that healthcare provider is able to have that conversation with that patient and understand what matters to her, he has a better chance of her adhering. I mean, obviously a metastatic breast cancer patient is more likely to adhere, but if you have psoriasis, if you have things of that nature, you know, if people understand what you're going through, then they're gonna be more likely to have the conversation that's gonna actually move the needle. And I think with Twitter being the platform where so many of these conversations are taking place, you know, people are quitting smoking. I mean, there was a journalist that found a liver for his daughter on Twitter. Hmm. So amazing things are happening when people are connecting. And I think that's gonna move the needle in a big way as more marketers, organizations, hospitals, all of the payers, everybody really harnesses the power of those conversations. Absolutely. And one of the things that I took away from the Facebook announcement was that kind of implicit in that was, you know, they're partnering with four medical societies, yep. the AHA, the ACC, the ACS, and the CDC. And uh, they didn't have the CDC there at the press briefing, but the other three basically were saying, look, we've, we've tried pushing our information out, our evidence-based guidelines, our scientifically validated research right. and, and recommendations to providers with the hope that they would get it out to patients. But when you look at screening levels, for one thing, they're, they remain constant. Yeah. And so much of fatal, so many of fatalities within cancer, for one, can be you know impacted if screening rates go up. Right. And so there's other factors there in socioeconomic tiers and and rural areas. You know where, where screening is, is not good for other reasons. But and and they said so. We, we decided we wanted to take the information to where the people are. One hundred percent. So. Yep. And I think you're going to see more and more of that. I think that is where people are going. I think the vast majority of, I mean, Healthline, where I worked before, puts out what I think, and I guess I'm a little biased, the best content that's out there. And their content is so awesome because they're driving qualified audiences from social. And they're listening in social. And they're understanding what people are talking about, what they're thinking about, what they're worried about. Um, and I think a lot of brands are understanding, like, I have to be there. And I think there's a natural reticence to be there. But the fact of the matter is you've spent millions of dollars getting people to talk about your brand, and now they're talking about it. Talk back to them, right? So I think this massive opportunity from a marketing standpoint, from a population health standpoint, from a moving health output, all of it exists to go simply where people are. Sure. I, would, I wouldn't think that we would need to do too much, much more convincing of life science companies that they need to be uh, on social platforms, right. but, you know, it never hurts. It never hurts, exactly. Yeah, right. <laughs> and um, so, um, and then you talk about Healthline, you know, we've, we've reported a lot on, on the growth of Healthline, yep. uh, and I think that, that does speak to the quality of the content, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of more, more users, more engagement uh, all across the board. I think they're, uh, they're, they're number two uh, most, most visited uh, well, as a property, property. They're, the, they're actually number one. Number one. Um, site owned and not, they're just their Healthline site. I think is still number two to web. That could have changed since uh -huh. I've left, but um, but yeah, I think that that really for me opened up my mind to the power of social. 
and the power of these conversations. And health isn't just prescriptive, right? Health is how do I make my life easier every day? And when you have a chronic condition, that can be really challenging. And I think social does two things. I think A, it connects you with other people because most people that have a chronic condition don't know anybody with that chronic condition, right? And so it's connecting with other people and making you feel less alone, mm -hmm. which is really the number one thing coming out of people with chronic conditions. They feel alone, they feel isolated. Right. Um, so I think it's doing that. And I think it's also enabling people to get information, to share information, right. which is so powerful. So powerful. Right, right. Okay. Uh, so before I let you go, I have to get your general takes on yeah. uh, the health conference and yeah. kind of, uh, you know, your takeaways, your impressions, you know, yeah. what, what are some of the favorite uh, sessions or talks you've yeah. seen so far? Yeah. Well, besides my own, um, <laughs> I, course. this morning, um, the performance by Cody Lee, oh, yeah. I mean, so this is for people who don't know, he won America's Got Talent. He is a blind autistic boy and music is really, was his therapy mm. in a lot of ways. And it was a tremendous performance and a tremendous reminder that it really is all about the personal stories and that personal stories really do drive public conversation. And that's health and that's the future, right? It's Cody's story, it's all these people's stories. And his mom too. And right? his mom, I mean, oh my God. Right, just and take a moment if you're a yeah, provider to take a little extra time with a parent to understand right. what you're going through. And, and I thought her message was amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think there is this moment where we've been looking at health in a very aggregate way, and it still will be, but those personal stories ultimately are what is going to drive the change. I really believe that. And now we have social as a platform to scale those conversations in a meaningful way. Great. Well, Lisa, it's been a pleasure to uh, talk Wonderful. to you here, and thanks so much for joining us. Well, and enjoy the rest of the show. Sure, of course. Bye. Take care. Goodbye.